From pollinators to pests, insects are an inseparable part of horticulture. I'm Dr Ian Smith and welcome to Bug Bites on the Plants Grow Here podcast. Join me each episode as we learn about horticulturally important insects and explore their hidden worlds. Slugs. Slugs. Even the word doesn't sound nice. And it's enough to strike terror into the hearts of even the most seasoned professional with newly planted seedlings. Let's begin with a riddle. Is a slug a shell a snail? Or is a snail a slug with a shell? Well, actually it's not a really a riddle, because surprisingly there is a scientific answer, with that answer forming an important aspect of slug management. But while you mull that over, let's explore what a slug is. Unlike beetles, caterpillars, wasps or flies, slugs aren't insects. Not even close. They are, in fact, gastropods, which is a type of mollusk. This means slugs are actually closer related to octopuses than they are to your typical garden pests. Slugs are typically herbivores or detritivores, which is to say they eat plants or decomposing plant matter, like leaf litter. Using their singular, mucus-secreting, muscular foot, Slugs hunt around in cool, moist conditions, particularly at night after rain or irrigation. Once they find a food source, they use their rasp-like tongue to slowly grate away the layers of vegetation into bite-sized morsels. This method of eating usually works best with soft, tender plant material, hence why they're so keen to target freshly germinated seedlings. But not always, because not all slugs are pests, and some slugs can even be beneficial to horticulture. Many slug species, such as the introduced yellow cellar slug, act similar to earthworms in that they recycle nutrients back into the soil by eating decomposing plant matter, like mulch, before uh, excreting the nutrients back into the soil. Another role slugs can have in the garden, which is less common but certainly the most surprising, is the control of slugs. Yes, you heard that right. Some slugs, like the introduced leopard slug, will opportunistically eat other slugs, slug eggs, as well as snails and their eggs. They will also clean up any decomposing animals or leftover pet food it finds. You won't have any difficulty finding or identifying this one. As its name suggests, the leopard slug has leopard-like spots, and their scientific name, Limax maximus, is Latin for, you guessed it, biggest slug. No doubt because they can grow up to 20 centimetres. From the last two examples I've used, you may have noticed a trend. Most common slugs you encounter in suburban and farmland are introduced. This is because native slugs are not well adapted to disturbed sites like suburbia, preferring their natural habitats like forests and grasslands, whereas any slug that thrives in disturbed sites can also thrive in shipping containers, and thus have long since snuck into Australia and other human-modified habitats around the world. So have you worked out our little trivia question yet? Is a slug a shell a snail, or is a snail a shelled slug? Well, land snails actually evolved from sea snails, and slugs, in turn, evolved from land snails. Therefore, a slug, drumroll please, is actually a snail that has evolved to no longer have a shell. Shells are useful as they protect from predators, and, most importantly for an animal that evolved from a sea creature, they prevent dehydration on land. But if shells are so useful, then why did slugs lose them? Well, for all its benefits, a shell has one large drawback. Literally. 
Ever tried to jump into a car while still wearing a large backpack? By ditching the shell, slugs are able to squeeze into smaller places than a snail ever could, further from predators and dry heat. And this is where this knowledge comes in handy for horticulture. To survive and thrive, slugs need two main things, moisture and shelter, which gives us the foundation for integrated pest management. Although reaching for slug pellets is many a green thumbs go-to in order to protect seedlings, the aim of pest control should always be to reduce pest populations, not just constantly kill a rapidly breeding pest. Therefore, each of the following control types should be considered. Cultural control, biological control, and then chemical control. Cultural control is changing horticultural practices and areas to reduce favourable conditions for slugs. As slugs thrive in moist conditions, any activity that reduces excess moisture will also reduce slug populations. So the keen horticulturalists among you may have also noticed that plants also need moisture. And unless you run a business specialising in cactus gardens, this may be a concerning prospect. But don't worry, this isn't about cutting out watering, but being smarter about it. Replacing sprinklers with drip irrigation systems or similar targeted watering approaches means that plants stay watered, but surrounding areas don't provide ideal slug habitat. If sprinklers are still required, watering in the early morning so water soaks into the soil and then evaporates by nighttime will also help. The next step is to inspect any areas that may act as moist refuge during the heat of the day. Plastic sheet linings, dense stands of weeds or clumping plants like agapanthus, Piles of pots, rocks, logs, and other such features can all act as refuge, so should be moved as far away from sensitive plants as possible. To check if these areas are harbouring slugs, either use a bit of muscle and flip and lift anything that may be harbouring slugs, or alternatively, water the area at sunset, then come back with a torch after dark and see where they are originating from. Uh, possibly let security know if you work on a commercial site and are running around with a torch after dark. Not sure if they'll buy that you're hunting slugs. If slugs appear to be originating from within mulch, you may need to rake the mulch during the heat of the day to expose them to the sun and so that birds can take care of them. With moisture in check, it's time to consider biological control. There is no shortage of animals that will make a meal of a slug if given the chance, and anything you can do to attract them will help. Birds such as magpies and kookaburras are more than happy to help you with this task. One scientific study actually found that bird perches that were being used by magpies significantly reduced slug and snail damage in vineyards. Providing areas of natural habitat can also help, with frogs, lizards and beetles also feeding on slugs. For example, areas with long native grass has been shown to increase the number of slug-munching carabidae beetles, more commonly known as ground beetles. If undertaking these actions is not enough to protect any sensitive plants, chemical control is relatively straightforward with slugs. Slug pesticides are typically in the form of slug-attracting pellets and are scattered around sensitive plants. If removal of slug habitat is not undertaken first, however, this will have to be continually repeated until the plants are established. The biggest downside of slug baits, however, is their off-target impacts and secondary poisoning of animals that feed on the slugs. The baits themselves and dying slugs can have a negative or even lethal impacts on pets, birds, reptiles, amphibians, and beneficial insects. So it's critical to follow the instructions on the box, minimising the amount to only when required, 
and use bait stations that are only accessible to slugs. These are available at most nurseries, or easy enough to make yourself. Other methods of slug control can be considered as supplementary control, as, although they may help, they can be impractical at larger scale, or are only partially effective. Some examples are as follows. Manual removal and monitored habitat. This involves simply watering the area at sunset to encourage the slugs to leave, and then at night using a torch to search and collect any roaming around. Repeating this consistently will maintain a lower population. Not practical on a large scale, but certainly cheap. This method can also be enhanced by using panels raised about one centimetre off the ground so that are kept cool and moist. Check these regularly and collect any slugs that are sheltering underneath. Cloches can be used to cover plants and act as a barrier to slugs, although this will become inconvenient or costly at any kind of scale. And finally, there is a large number of treatments to act as a chemical or physical barrier. Although these can be effective, they are often tested in lab trials, with results not always holding up to real-world conditions such as rain, which will render some, like sawdust or dichotomous earth, ineffective. In one study, they tested cinnamamide, copper ammonium carbonate, garlic solution, aluminium and copper foil, urea formaldehyde, and the proprietary products snail ban and texar matting. The results of these tests varied depending on how they were used, so I'll include a link in the podcast notes to the full results. But the product that consistently did well in most conditions? A simple 5% garlic solution. As a bonus, it will also prevent vampires hanging out in the garden beds. Now, before we finish up, a personal anecdote. At one point, I had a major slug problem in a wicking bed, but solved it with two simple actions. The most effective? Cutting back the plastic sheeting around the edge of the bed where it turns out large numbers of slugs were hiding during the day. And the other control I used was a cup of beer set in the ground with a pinch of snail baits in it and a rock over the top to keep the birds out. Why beer? Well, beer releases the smell of CO2, sugar, alcohol, and yeast, a combination that is very similar to decomposing fruit and vegetables. How effective was it? Well, it certainly captured a lot of slugs over the first two nights. Although I don't have any official science to back me up. But ultimately, that's not important, as it achieves a key important task. An excuse to put beer on the company credit card. You have been listening to a Plants Grow Here podcast. This episode was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Theme tune is Space Dust by Airtone. If you have an episode and idea, tweet it at hashtag PGHBugs. I'm Ian Smith. Until next time, keep slugging away. <laughs>